Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. There's a new documentary that premieres tomorrow on PBS. It's called East Lake Meadows, A Public Housing Story. It was directed by Sarah Burns and David McMahon, known for their work on the Central Park Five and Jackie Robinson. And its executive producer is Ken Burns, a filmmaker so acclaimed he literally needs no introduction. Ken, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Sarah, for having me. So this film goes deep on East Lake Meadows, and this is a public housing project in Atlanta. And and so many cities had housing projects like this that kind of began with hope and devolved into what ended up being bad places to live. That includes the Pruitt-Igoe projects right here in St. Louis. I'm wondering, what about East Lake Meadows in particular captured the filmmaker's attention? Well, I think that Sarah and Dave and I were drawn to the story of kind of the possibility of hope of the rebuilding of, of East Lake Meadows after it was demolished uh, into uh, a really beautiful and still incredible place called the Villages at East Lake. Uh, you know, I think that the, the poet William Blake said you could find the world in a grain of sand. Um, it's a wonderful idea, and I think that we could have taken any of them. Your housing, your notorious housing project, the Cabrini Green in Chicago, uh, and tell the story of the history of public housing, all the mistakes that were made, all the way in which formerly not segregated neighborhoods were then segregated under, I can't even say the best of intentions, and how essentially people of color got warehoused in, in different places. Um, it's an unfortunate story, but too often it's told just as a bleak tale. And I think what Sarah and Dave wanted to do was to dive deep into the who the people were, just as in our film on the Central Park Five, we wanted to know who the five were, not just all the other people. These were just anonymous kids. In this case, we wanted to find out who survives this, who lives through this kind of nightmare um, and comes through, and with what values intact, with what stories do they have to tell, how they keep their families together. It's very inspiring, and I think it's a very um, important moment now for it to be coming out because we are going to be dealing once again in in very real ways with how do we house the people who've fallen through the cracks? Mm-hmm. What do we do to help people along? So I think uh, this the wonderful film of theirs will be an opportunity to basically join a lot of different conversations that are certainly have to do with history, certainly have to do with housing, certainly have to do with race, uh, have, a, have a lot. Of, it's, it, this story is the intersection of a lot of different important uh, topics that we need to as we try to, in public media, do in a dispassionate uh, way so that we can have a, a civil conversation about these hugely important topics that get sort of just into screaming matches in any other environment. It's, it is such a fascinating story. I really enjoyed watching this film. And, and as you say, it tells the stories of people. And if there's any central character here, it's Miss Eva Davis. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think makes her such a compelling figure? Well, you know, there's, there, there is a tradition in, in many of our families of the matriarch uh, taking over and sort of running things. And in the case of East Lake Meadows, she was the person in the absence of the social services, which were absent there. This was criminally negligent uh, construction that immediately revealed itself with sewage running through apartments and cockroaches everywhere and everything falling apart and, and nobody there to help out. Mm-hmm. She became the go-to person 
the person that was shooing the drug dealers away, the person that was trying to reach out to politicians. And after a while, she became herself her own little political force uh, on the block and was the one who was really, when they decided to demolish East Lake Meadows and put up the villages at East Lake, which are a model, model community, beautiful, she was the one who insisted and tried to get as many of the previous residents in, and unfortunately, you know, barely 15% of those who had lived there got to go into the new mixed-income place, which adds a kind of bittersweet turn at the end that when you, with the best of intentions, try to transform this horrible place, who do you actually transform it for? Mm -hmm. I've, I've been making films about the U.S. for 40 years, but I've also been making films about us, that is to say, the two-letter lowercase plural pronoun, like the capitalized U.S. And you realize that all of the stories are about not only the U.S., but about us. And the one thing I've learned as well is that there's no them. There's only us. And we tend to, in these discussions of people, we, we tend to say them. They lead seemingly different lives than, than us. And yet, at the same time, they are us. And I think this film that Sarah and Davis made puts its arm around those people, and you begin to realize, oh, I share so many values with them, hard work and determination, trying to face the, the obstacles every day, not dissimilar to the kind of affirmation in the face of adversity that's being called on all Americans right now in, in the face of this current crisis to deal with. And so I think there's both some very obvious conversations to be had as a result of these, like, and I think there's some very valuable ones to speak to our, our you know, charged and, and fraught moment right now. And and part of what makes this film just so riveting is just how much footage captured the everyday moments of, of people who were living there um, back when East Lake Meadows was still um, a habitation. And I think one of the most charming parts of the film is that some children living on the site ended up being a part of something called Video Club. And yes. the footage that this Video Club captures is, is just incredible. It was realizing that footage existed, that must have just felt like a eureka moment. Oh, it was a eureka moment. I mean, because I'm so glad you said what you just said. And I think Sarah and Dave would just be laughing out loud and sighing, as would the whole production team, because when you deal with people who live in poverty, the archives available, they're not like the lovely scrapbooks uh, mm -hmm. that we may have in our home. You move from place to place, things get lost, and sometimes there's just one or two pictures that survive. Sometimes you do get the big scrapbooks. So for us in any project, it's, it's a multi-year attempt to find the archival material. And when we stumbled upon the video class in which so many of the issues which the adults would often prefer not to deal with, hmm. and the kids are dealing with. So they're there watching the demolition of the place, and one kid is musing to the other, do you think you're going to be able to go into the new places? And she goes, I don't think so. Hmm. Right? And then you, you automatically, from the very beginning, go, wait, 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 how is this possible? And I think that, you know, out of the mouths of Dave. Do you think the children that grew up in East Lake Meadows ended up coming away with a different um, different idea or a different way of looking at it than the people who'd lived there as adults? I'm sure. Um, you know, poverty ha creates a lot of scars, and as one of our commentators says, um, that it also provides, you know, Still, you find places for joy and mm -hmm. happiness, and you see footage of a snowball fight and uh, and playing baseball and kids running around and 
having a good time. And I think we tend to presume when we say them that that experience is so alien and so different that it can't be anything like mine. And I think that that children do suffer uh, mm-hmm. tremendously. And, of course, we witness the, 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 the effects of the crap, crack ac- epidemic sweeping through East Lake Meadows and these kids who had been pumping gas for people for, you know, a quarter or 50 cents or a dollar now are becoming lookouts for crack dealers, then becoming crack dealers, then going to jail. Mm-hmm. And so you see this horrific kind of progression, but they're out and they're, they've made lies for themselves. They're lecturing students and, and you, you kind of see a full cycle of, of human things. And there, but for the grace of God, go any of us in terms of addictions or alcoholism or or or, or mistakes that, that people make. So I, I find it interesting. The kids did have a different uh, perspective. They're modern. They're subjected to the media that their parents probably didn't have as much of. Mm-hmm. And yet you see in those parents the same old-fashioned values that I was raised with. You know, there's one mother who just insists on getting out of the projects and buying her own home. And mm-hmm. she puts down, she takes her son into town and puts down $5, you know? Yeah. And by the end of the film, she's bought her home, right? She's, she's doing it. And you just kind of want to just raise your hands and cheer for that kind of just sheer affirmation in the face of adversity that that represents. Mm-hmm. And there are some moments where you just you feel like, oh, you know, here's a happy ending. But it's it's for that particular family. It's it's not necessarily for everybody. Oh. Oh, um, and I think that goes back to the endemic problems of why public housing turned into the disaster that it did. And, mm-hmm. and this film also shows the larger 30,000 feet aerial view of the history of public housing intended to take and help mostly white people who had fallen through the cracks in the Depression and give them a leg up so that they could then get out. But the way the post-war, post-Depression, post-World War II regulations happened is that the whites were encouraged to go out into the suburbs and were given the, the you know, mortgage credit, and blacks were redlined and essentially imprisoned into neighborhoods, some of which weren't segregated before the housing went up and became segregated as a result of it. And if, the, if there was this criminally negligent uh, construction employed, then it's just a recipe for the disaster. And in fact, uh, East Lake Meadows, as you saw, was called Little Vietnam. Nobody, mm-hmm. nobody would go near there, uh, you know, because of, it was such a fearful place. And yet... And yet lives were lived, full lives were lived, and lives recovered and, and went on. And the handful that did go into the villages are thriving, and, and others, you know, ended up in the same sort of diaspora that often happens when you break up. You get rid of the eyesore, and people go, well, that was good, but then where are the people? Where yeah. are the people? And the film does look at the fact that by raising these these housing projects, we've just spread out um, these poor living conditions that maybe they're not such obvious eyesores um, or such obvious trouble spots, but yet there are people who are living in just as bad individual settings. Um, yeah. <laughs> you come away with such mixed feelings about whether Section 8, where people are living in, in more diverse communities, is a good thing or not. Do you have a take yeah. on that? I, I, I agree completely. The question is, if you're just 
into, and, and I think that, that people in Atlanta got together, philanthropists, and they built the villages at East Lakes, and it was great, and it was mixed income, so it meant that not everybody who is in East Lake could get back in, and as it turned out, it was a very small proportion. But then what you do with everybody else is you give them a voucher, and they just find a place wherever they can get it and, and rent, and what happens is you just have these the people d- dispersed, and you you. What it is akin to is lifting up the rug and sweeping the problem away and pretending it's not there. And mm-hmm. it's there, and it's with us until we um, meet it head on. And it goes back to very, very elemental American failings, um, seeing people uh, based on the color of their skin and not, as Dr. King said, on the content of their character. Well, it's it's such a thoughtful film and just so thought-provoking, and, and I hope um, as many people as can will watch it. Ken, I just had one last question for you before we let you go, and that's with these times we're living in with the coronavirus and, and the pandemic, it just feels like this is going to be the perfect subject for someday a Ken Burns docuseries. Do you think you'll ever take on the coronavirus? We, we might. Uh, we might, uh, God willing. You know, we're, we do believe, though, that in these unusual and upsetting and scary times, that we can find in our past um, instances where shared sacrifice and courage and resolve and leadership got us through equally terrible crises. Mm-hmm. And so PBS is just dedicated uh giving Thursday nights over to our stuff. We'll begin with uh, the Roosevelt's and work our way through many of the series because I think they'll give a chance for families now, mostly uh, together again, uh, to watch if they want to or stream individually at their leisure, uh, but to realize that we can take solace from the great examples of the past. So rather than sort of saying, yes, in 10 or 15 years I could do this, which would might be a very important subject to do, Um, I think I'd rather tell you that in these tough times, we've got lots of things to hold on to. And Mm -hmm. it's a spectacular past that isn't perfect, but is filled with flawed characters who did really great things, you know, and whether it's Abraham Lincoln in the Civil War or it's, um, you know, Franklin and Theodore and Eleanor Roosevelt, uh, three deeply flawed but deeply heroic individuals, um, adding to immeasurably to the the sense of our country, that's what we'll need to hang on to. And I, th- I just hope that everybody who's listening will, will be safe and stay safe and, and take care of others. Well, Ken, that's such a great note of hope, and I think we all needed to hear that today. So thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Sarah. And um, if you're interested in, in watching East Lake Meadows, a public housing story that premieres tomorrow on PBS stations, and that definitely includes the Nine Network right here in St. Louis, highly recommend you tune in. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.